This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice, and as always, brought to you by Matty Ice Media. I hope everybody is having a wonderful day and had a wonderful week last week. I am back from the beach, I am back from vacation. And while I strive to gain rest and relaxation and a little bit of time away from real life while I was gone, the week that was just did not provide that. Um, I wish that I was coming back to vacation or from vacation with some good news, with good feelings, good tidings, if you will. Um, Spending time with my family was a wonderful thing, but unfortunately, the week that was was a very heavy week. Uh, A Sunday morning early, somewhere around 3 a.m., I found out that my mother passed away from her battle with brain cancer or geoblastoma as it's called. It has been a long saga with her, a long saga that I have been somewhat public about on this forum, even as most recently as Monday's episode, where I talked about the last days of seeing her, or potentially the last days of seeing her. And over the course of that week, it's funny, I listened back to that this morning on a walk and I thought to myself, um, it's amazing what I said, that a week was such a short amount of time in the span of our lives, and how quickly a week can go by, And just how quickly or how much can change in the course of a week. It's really uncanny if you think about it. And what has happened? Well, in the course of that week, my mother has gone from barely functional but able to have a conversation with me to no longer being on this earth. I felt that it was worthy of a tribute here. One of the things I've talked about a lot recently is that this podcast is a cathartic experience for me. It's almost like therapy. Some could consider it a sounding board, but I don't consider it a sounding board. I think of a sounding board more as something when you need to complain or when you need to get some feelings off of your chest that are negative. Honestly, I see it as a way to be vulnerable and open up, even though it's to perfect strangers. Many people in this world go through days, go through many days, many weeks, thinking that they are alone in whatever it is that they're feeling, thinking that they are the only ones going through something. And it isn't until we go through something and realize that others before us and currently are dealing with something similar do we feel less alone in this world. And so while this podcast has been for fun stuff, and I've talked about serious stuff as it relates to politics, the state of the world, lately this is really focused on my grief, my journey through life with my mother, and my mother's journey through life that is now ended. Um, Patricia Sullivan born April 5th, 1961, to parents Margaret and David, was a young Irish girl just basically making her way in this world. She had a pretty rough childhood. Um, They were forced to move or vacate from a home that they had. My grandmother was a single mother. My grandfather, even though he had brought his life back together near the end, uh, was an alcoholic in his youth, was abusive, and was an absent father, to be perfectly honest. He was not the best father in the world, and my grandmother had to raise three young girls by herself. And at one point, the town of New London, Connecticut, which is where they lived, or the city, I should say, was building a bridge that is still existent today. In order to do so, and this happens a lot, you hear stories about this a lot, um, they had to vacate neighborhoods because they were going to be building over this neighborhood. Uh, My grandmother and her three children, my mother included, of course, Uh, were forced to move to the projects. They were forced to move into low-income housing, a housing that they were not used to or necessarily needed, but it was what it was. Uh, They had a a tough childhood in a lot of ways. My grandmother did a lot that was unfortunately emotionally abusive because, quite frankly, it was what she was handed down and she was doing what she could with the situation. It was a very difficult situation. 
Um, I've come to learn so much about how we are given different traits and different tendencies from the generations that passed before us, not just in good things, but in bad things too. Behaviors that others pass down to us that we you know, pick up and we eventually allow it to become part of the norm that is our lives. Uh, over the last two years almost, I've spent a lot of time in therapy talking through these things as it relates to my own journey in life, as it relates to how I revert back to things from my childhood that come back in moments of strife or moments of um, combat, if you will, a fight, fight or flight re reflex that we all have. But my mom grew up basically doing what she did as an adult. She had wanderlust. She always wanted more. She was a middle child. And I think in a lot of ways, my mom felt as if she wasn't recognized by her own family. Everybody had a role in that family. And my mom, I think, felt that she didn't have one. She was a rebel. Uh, she always didn't fear getting into some sort of trouble. But when I think about what my mom endured as a kid, and then I think about how early she started her journey into adulthood. When I was 18, I graduated high school and my next step in life was to go to college. My mother left home at age 18. She did go to college for a little bit, but ultimately she left her home. She left to forge her own path in this world. And think about how early it is in life to do so, aged 18. Think about what you were doing, how you were thinking, right? The way you were acting at age 18. We feel like we know everything at that age. We feel like we don't need any more guidance in this world. But what really is the truth is that we don't know anything. We are still so naive and so green. And our parents are always there to sort of usher us into adulthood, to remind us of the ways in which life can be hard, the ways in which life can smack us in the mouth. And my mother leapt into that journey willingly at such a young age. Um, she started working for the government. I believe she was an intern for the Naval Undersea Warfare Center or whatever it is called now. It was not called that back then. Uh, but she was working for the government and she worked her way into a federal position. Along the way in that journey, which again, at such a young age, working her way up in the organization like that is, is pretty incredible. Uh, she met Alan Freights, who is my father. Um, my father is still alive. He's 74 years old. And yes, I'm giving real names here because at this point, um, you know, it is who it is. This is who I am. But my mother met him. My father was married at the time. He had a daughter, my sister Meredith, who I did not grow up with. Um, and I know she is still, you know, she is still out there. We do not have much of a relationship these days, but that's neither here nor near to, to this story. But she met him and they partied a lot together as they did with a lot of their co-workers. And she was just so enamored with how he talked about her daughter. See, one thing that I've learned over the course of my mother's life is that the one thing that she wanted most was to have a child, to start a family. And she did that. She was 21 years old when I was born in February of 1983. My parents were not married at the time. I was not a planned pregnancy, to say the least, but I was a wanted pregnancy. I was a wanted baby, and they ultimately had me and took care of me and got married two years later. My mother helped build a home. She helped to keep the home the way that it was. She worked at first, uh, but then she took some time to be with me at home. She was a stay-at-home mom for a few years. And then as I got older, she started getting back out into the workforce, but she started working for herself. And eventually in the late 90s, she opened up her own business, which was called Innovative Business Solutions. She was an accountant. She did bookkeeping. And she was darn good at it. Uh, she wasn't very good at it in her personal life necessarily, but she was very good at it for other people, for other businesses. Uh, she was a go-getter. She generally tend to know what she wanted and go after it. 
and not necessarily everything that she did was the right thing to do. She didn't necessarily go about it the right way, but she always had a sense of adventure and a sense of vigor that was really unrivaled by a lot of people. I sometimes look at myself in the mirror and know that I don't have that. I have more of my father's traits in me, but every so often I jump in feet first and I think to myself, this is what my mom would do. My mom would do it without thinking of the consequences. I'm a little bit of the opposite. I can't help but think of the consequences. It's just the way that my brain works. But my mother and father divorced when I was in high school. And my mother spent much of the rest of her adult life seeking a similar kind of relationship. She dated many men. She tried to find love in what she would say is all the wrong places, but I would say that she found love regardless. She was able to meet people that inspired her, meet people that she created indelible memories with. And there's something to be said about that. I generally tend to think a lot about how many people we encounter over the course of our lifetime. Uh, if you think about where you are now, think about how many random people you've talked to, random people you've run into or spoken to. Just think about going to an airport one time and how many thousands and thousands of people pass you by as you're waiting in line or waiting to board or even just on the plane. You talk to some random people. Those are connections that we make that I don't think we necessarily take as something meaningful or impactful. We may have forgotten almost all of them by the time our life comes to an end, but the fact is it happened. And somewhere, somebody is telling a story about her, about I met this woman on this plane one time. And, you know, my mother always had a knack for conversation. She always was somebody you could talk to. Uh, sometimes she would use your words against you, but other, you know, other than that, um, you could talk to her about just about anything. But she tried so hard. In her adult life, when I became an adult, um, she traveled the world. She moved cross-country. She actually drove across the country twice. And again, the reasons why she did it were what they were, but she still did it. Uh, her favorite band was the Eagles. She always loved listening to the Eagles. She always had a, a lust for being in California. When she was working for the government, she got to work out in San Diego, and she fell in love with it back then. And when I decided to move to the Northern Virginia area, she decided it was time for her to realize that dream. And she moved to San Diego, or you know, one of the towns outside of San Diego in San Diego County. And while she was there, you could tell that she had a passion for life that had been reinvigorated, so to speak. Uh, she met a man while she was there and got married. They are still married to this day. Um, not necessarily together, but legally speaking. They had a tumultuous relationship. But one thing that happened over the course of that time is she was able to get the treatment that she needed for breast cancer because of his intervention, keeping her on his health insurance. And they always had some kind of a bond for the rest of her life. He always considered her his wife. He never remarried. Um, she always had a special place in her heart for him, despite the fact that they had such a rocky relationship when they were together. That's kind of a theme for my mom when I go back and think. She had a lot of relationships that were rocky. But I think in the end, we all kind of felt like it was worth it in some way. That by the time she reached the point that she is right now, or was, I should say now, it's really weird to say that. Um, you know, we had come to understand her a little bit, and perhaps she had come to understand in ways in which she contributed to the tumultuous nature of a relationship. But one of the things she always liked to do was listen to music. I said she liked to listen to the Eagles. And in her travel, she stood on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. And she said it was such a fine sight to see. She was always good with puns. She was always good with words like that. From my perspective, uh, my mom was my best friend for a very long time. She and I could talk about just about anything. Uh, we had many, many conversations when I was single. Uh, Hour-long 
two hour long conversations. We always talked on Sunday nights. And I've come to find out that that was something that she loved and something that she missed during our estrangement, our time away from each other. Uh, my mom and I traveled many different places. She was one of my biggest advocates, even if during the time period, I didn't necessarily see it that way. A lot of times as parents, and I'm learning this as I go through my journey in parenthood, we have to show our kids tough love. We know what's best for them and we have to let them figure it out and make mistakes. It's a really, really difficult thing to do as a parent, to watch your child fail. Most of us have the instinct to let our kids not fail. We want to step in and intervene so that they don't have to go through disappointment. They don't have to go through embarrassment or failure. And it's a wonderful trait to have as a parent, to be so selfless that you want that for your child. And I think sometimes my mom did that to my detriment. I think sometimes she tried to save me from too much. And it took me a long time in my adult life to really understand how best to advocate for myself, the best decisions to make and how to make those decisions. I learned a lot from my mom. I learned a lot of watching her do things the wrong way. And I don't say that in a negative way, like I'm not trying to disparage her life. But one of the things that we do get from our parents is knowledge, right? Wisdom. And I think my mom would tell me today if I asked her, you know, what could you have taught me? I think she taught me enough. I think by making the decisions that she made, making the mistakes that she made, she ultimately passed down to me what not to do in life. And I've learned that. And I've learned to think differently over the course of my 30s, right into almost into my 40s. Um, I got to see mom one more time last week. And I, I recorded about that last week and shared that experience with you. I listened back to it recently and it reinforces to me just how right the decision was to go see her. Seeing her there in that condition was very, very difficult for me. But I couldn't help but think to myself about all the memories that we had. One thing I didn't share with you last episode was just some of the things that she said. And one of the things she said is, do you remember all the good times? It's hard for me to think about her saying that. But ultimately, I said it was never about the good times. Of course, I remembered the good times. I think that's what we generally try to do most is remember the good times. It's a lot easier to remember the bad times. When somebody hurt us or when the world has hurt us, we are so easily negative in this life. But of course, I remember the good times. There's so many of them to share, too. That's the thing, especially as an adult. My mom and I traveled to Europe together after I graduated college. We went to something like eight countries over the course of a two week span. The memories that I have from that will never be lost. I remember having to drag her ass home drunk. Uh, in Rome on the first night were jet lagged and she decided to have Zambuca with a bunch of English people that we were sitting near and I had to drag her home arm in arm past the Trevi Fountain here we are in one of the most beautiful and picturesque places in the entire world as far as history is concerned and my mom was drunk uh, she passed out and was snoring louder than I can even remember at this point we had so many laughs over the years so many inside jokes that we had together that just organically came about. And all of that is flooding to me now. Now that she has been gone for close to 48 hours, and that 48 hours has felt like 48 years. At the end of her life, I was not prepared to feel this way, I have to admit. I was prepared to feel apathetic. I felt like I'd grieved her already and that her leaving this earth would just be sort of a uh, an official check mark on the box of life, right? The the checklist of life. It would almost be like a 
um, an official like red tape or something like that. And it's just not true. Um, we only get one of each parent. Some of us don't get that luxury at all. Whether that parent leaves us in some form or another before we're ever born, uh, whether that parent you know, is absent or dies when we are young, uh, not everybody necessarily gets two parents. I was fortunate to have two. I was fortunate to have two that cared, two that put my well-being above theirs, probably to their detriment as far as the relationship is concerned. Always putting me first, never working on themselves. I've learned that in life too, watching her. But I also looked at the relationships that she had with others. Like mine, they were tumultuous. There was a lot of strife between the people that she loved. A lot of negativity, a lot of venom. And I think that was just a family dynamic that got passed down from the generations before them. That it was something that they almost couldn't help but being. Couldn't help but doing. And it is what it is at this point. There's a lot of things that were said all across the board that people can't unhear, that are going to be difficult to, you know, not remember. But I made a choice recently on a walk, listening to the show from last week, listening to music that made me think of my mom. I made a conscious choice that the conscious choice is not to remember her for the bad things that she did. And the bad things that she did weren't unforgivable. I know family members who have been sexually molested by their parents. That is unforgivable. My mother didn't do that. My mother felt that what she was doing was the right thing. She had the best of intentions. But even the best of intentions can go wrong. The best laid plans, as they say. But I'm choosing to remember her for the good times. I'm purposefully going back in time to try to remember the best times that I had with her. The times that she laughed the most, smiled the most, and genuinely loved in an unconditional manner. I always felt like for years that she never unconditionally loved me. One of the things that so many people have said to me in reaching out is that, above all else, she loved me more than anything in this world. And sometimes it was difficult to know that. She was not the best at showing that sometimes. It would feel like I wasn't ever good enough for her, that no matter what I did, even in her pursuit of wanting happiness for me, it just wasn't good enough. And I think one of the things that my mom struggled with was being able to say those things out loud, to be able to admit when she was wrong and say the words, I'm sorry, say the words that she regrets, the time that we lost. But I take solace in the fact that in the end, we came to peace. We forgave each other for the way that we treated each other, for the time and the memories that we lost. And in this last year, watching her decline day by day, she still had a connection with us through myself, my wife, who, uh, who she misunderstood, who she misjudged. And she apologized for that. And she told other people in confidence that I'm sorry that I misjudged her. She's a wonderful wife and wonderful mother. And ultimately, she got what she wanted and she became a grandmother. And she'll always be that. James, my son, left a mark on her, and she on him. Now that she's gone, my son is asked about her. He recognizes her voice. He recognizes things that she sang to him, completely unprompted. And one of the things that happened at the end, we called her on Friday, this past Friday, two days before she passed away. She barely could get words out, but she knew it was us, and she said... Is that my baby talking to both of us? And before we hung up the phone, 
James, my son, said to her, Nanai. I didn't ask him to say that. Nobody told him to say that. But it was something that he had always said to her. We're going to, can you tell Gaga Nanai? And he told her Nanai. And on the drive home, my wife said, I really wished she would listen to him and just go Nanai. She did. And she passed away not long after. It was a long journey for her. It's a long journey for all of us. To the people that are taking care of her, they put their lives on hold to take care of their sister, their friend, their aunt. And it meant the world to her. I know it did. It meant the world to me, being not in the picture for so long and being so far away, unable to really do what I could because we lived eight hours away. And COVID-19 robbed a lot of things from a lot of people. It robbed us from more one-on-one -on -one time with her and it possibly robbed us of being able to have her do things with James that she always wanted to do. I don't know what this world has in store for us in the afterlife. I don't know what I believe. But what I do feel is that somewhere my mom is playing with James and is with her parents. And she is living in an afterlife that best suits her, where she's drinking a lot of wine having a lot of laughs and being around the people that she's loved that she loves even if we're not there with her even if it's her imagination it's her afterlife and she's having the time of her life so mom i miss you i love you and honestly i will never forget you as long as i live i will never forget everything that we shared together she always said that when she died, she didn't want a memorial service. She just wanted to have one song played for her and have her ashes dropped into the ocean. And it's funny, listening to the song that she always wanted played, I realized just how appropriate it was. And there's one thing that I will say about my mom that was true unequivocally above all else. She did it her way. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway And more, much more than this I did it my way Regrets, I've had a few But then again too few to mention I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption I planned each charted course each careful step along the byway more, much more than this, I did it my 
sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall and did it my way. I've loved, I've laughed and cried. I've had my fill, my share of losing, and now, as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that, and may I say. Not in a shy way. Oh no, oh no, not me. I did it my way. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. It was my